passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, where we, of course, bring the dark to light and where listener discretion is always advised. Yes, we make fun of a joke about creepy things while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. And, uh, you know, we're kind of a comedy podcast, or so we like to think, but we can talk about some pretty dark topics. And, you know, a lot of people, you, you may not like that, and that's fine. But those of you that do, you're our kind of people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So do me a favor. Hop on in this train, you sexy son of a bitch. Sit down, get yourself a drink, and uh, let's get moving. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going to do the whole episode like that. Can I do that? Ooh, do it. Can I? Do you think I should? Oh, 100%. Just sit there the whole time. Like, yeah, and our Patreon bonus this week. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That'd be amazing. I, mean, I, I might do that one of these days. Do I it. do want to do an, a complete episode just like the monotoned, uh, like typical um, true crime podcast. I don't think I could talk like this. I, I do. It's going to be a lot of editing, but I think it'd be really fun <laughs> it to do. It'll be a yeah, lot of I editing. I really want to do that. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jonathan Sayer. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. And with me, of course, is Logan Sayer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we are here. We're getting excited and pumped up about Halloween. We're working on some stuff. Yeah. Um, but to be honest... I'm a little disappointed, dude. I'm just going to mm. say it. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Why? I am. What did I do wrong? Well, I asked mm-hmm. for ghost stories, personal yeah. ghost stories, uh-huh. because I have an idea that I want to do mm-hmm. for the Halloween. The Halloween. And we've we've gotten a few. We've got we've got a few of them, but not enough. I know you guys have. We need more. I know you have them because listen, it's going to be cool. Our Halloween episode is going to be super special and super freaking awesome. And so we want you to send us your your um, ghost stories. And even if it's not your personal ghost story, maybe you know somebody right. that some ish happened to. Maybe you had a haunted turd. Right. Oof. I mean, the ghost wipe. Yeah. You ever had that? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. You go to wipe and it's just not there. Ghost poopers. Anyway, no, seriously, get, get us your uh, your your ghost stories or someone you knows ghost stories or whatever because we're putting something together pretty cool. Yeah. All right. For Halloween, I know we're a little bit out and everyone's like, dude, it's still August. I get it. It's closer to Halloween than Christmas, so. Ugh, Christmas. I, I mean, I like I like Christmas. That's good because my yeah. birthday's three days before. That's only reason why you like it. I know. That is, that's exactly why <laughs> I enjoy Christmas. So listen, if you're not a Patreon pooper, you need to get on over there because Patreon stuff. Uh, uh, let's just say this. The Patreon poopers are amazing Patreon uh, supporters. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a little bit of an additional bonus thing going for the Halloween thing. Just Ooh. saying. Those amazing people that give us their hard-earned money every yeah. month, uh, they're, they're going to get something cool. And not only that, but hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's uh, F That Guy. Yeah. Yeah, because, oh, oh boy. Oh, it was a big one. Oh, boy. It was a rough one. Turd. It was the, uh, a turd the, 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 what was it, the, the date, date, no. The damn. date not killer. Date not, no. Date game. Date, the dating game killer. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, we talked about that guy, and he, what a freaking turd. Anyway, so, of course, in, uh, for, for F That Guy, if you guys don't know, and because you're not a Patreon supporter or whatever, I basically go in and um, completely tear apart yeah people about, that suck know. yeah so yeah. anyway I'll that's what we stuff. do over there so get on over there and sign up you can do that at the midnight train podcast.com yeah. dot com oh yeah oh sorry serenade me i'm in a mood i always get so happy doing this oh, to I record yeah like i can have the most miserable day and you people out there you invigorate me you are the peanut butter to his jelly you uh, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
I do. I, I, I get so happy. So anyway, let's uh, let's just save the rest of the business stuff. I know we talked a little bit more than normal about the business stuff, but listen, I'm it's so Halloween. Excited. It's Halloween time. Halloween. Well, it's not Halloween time. We're getting into it. We're in that mode. I don't know, man. 364 days out of the year, it's Halloween time. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So low, let's, let's just get into this. Okay. Let's turn down the lights. Mm. Adjust our seats. Okay. Grab a drink. I already got a few. And let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. If you're new here, this is where you should have a drink in your hand. And it could be anything. It could be non-alcoholic. Yeah. It could be whatever you want. If you're an adult, you should be drinking with us. I agree. Because, again, if you're new, we tend to throw all kinds of stupid little anecdotes from movies and, and quotes and stuff. And every time we do that, you should be drinking with us. Because I'm drinking right now. Yeah. Logan's drinking right now. But if you're under the consumption age, then please don't do that. Okay. Unless you're in a different country. But no, just your consumption age, whatever. Some countries may be like, hey, you're 10, here's a beer. I don't know. Can I live there? I know. (laughs) Wish I was there. That's where I'm going to. (laughs) That's my next trip. I don't know. I'm way too old. So guess what we're talking about today? You probably know because you saw the title of the episode. Wait, put the titles on there? Not just I should untitled. stop doing that. Just do like the old school like uh, LimeWire days. Where everything was just an untitled track. <laughs> just a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Do it in like uh, zeros and ones and see if anyone gets it. I like it. That'd be pretty funny. That'd be pretty dope. No, we're talking about the Grim Reaper. Ooh. Ooh. You know, Mr. Death himself. Ooh. The Black Death. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Black. He's got so many names. Anyway, so of course, nothing in life is guaranteed. Except for... Death and taxes, as the old adage says, right? Mm. That's what they say. Yeah. We boldly circle, you know, April 15th and our, you know, in red in our calendar so that, you know, it stands out like a swollen thumb. Of course, you know, because you don't want the IRS, who's now hiring like 75,000 people to work for them. Yeah. That just means they have too much money. A little bit. But of course, you don't want them coming after you. And by the way, which they have taken in over uh, $3 trillion in taxes from over 250 million taxpayers and felt that, uh, you know, we aren't paying enough. And again, hired eighty. It was eighty-seven thousand more agents, yeah. and gave them powers much like a government police force, uh, including lethal force. Yes, they're allowed to carry guns. Mm. In fact, it says you're carrying guns, mm-hmm. and that your life may be at risk. Yes. What are they doing? Um, making sure you know they get every dollar. <laughs> this is a crime syndicate now. Like, gee, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. Right, sorry, it yeah. is the government. Yeah. But listen, we don't need to be, you know, on top of that little soapbox there because you guys know how it is. You pay taxes. And if you don't, man, good for you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, of course, pay your taxes, right? Because that's how they got uh, Capone, buddy. Mm, on tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about death, though? We talked about taxes there for a split second, right? Yeah. The other certainty of being human is, for most of us, uh, not quite as certain. Biologists define death as the complete ces- cessation. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, very good. Cessation. Cessation. Of all life processes which eventually take place in all living organisms. Basically, everything that's living dies. Yeah. For the most part. 
I mean, there's some things that like last a very, very long time. Very long. You know, like Galapagos turtles, yeah, tortoises. The tortoises. There's certain jellyfish. Crabs, even. Crabs. Yeah. Not the ones in my pants, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have crabs, I promise. Anyway, sadly, that, is, that description, and, and sorry for making you bummed out in the beginning of this already, <laughs> it doesn't uh, provide a clear picture. It uh, doesn't describe what death feels like. How will you feel then? How will it look? What are our plans? Where are we headed when we die? Oh. Yeah. Talking about goosey pebbles. Yeah. Oh. Like, what do we do? Where do we go? We go home. Found home. E.T. Found home. If E.T. didn't have beer, if it, like, maybe that's why he came here. Probably. Looking for- have you, no, you've seen E.T. before. Shut up. <laughs> no, I've never seen E.T. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like I, I tried watching it. It was just it was I felt like it, was, it felt like it was a slow burn when I watched it when I was like ten years old, so I just never bothered to go back and watch it. So I went to the theater and saw that when it first came out. Oh shit. Again, I'm old. Um, yeah. Um but I went to the theater and in spoiler alert for any of you that haven't seen this yet, by the way, it's only like forty years old. <laughs> but um, when they come and get him and he's turning all white and shit. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And they, You know, like they, the scientists and, and the government comes and get him. Freaked me out. Really? Freaked. Like like white coat syndrome kind of freak you out? or like It was like he was dying. Oh. And it was just, they were all coming in and he, he's all like, <laughs> you know, making this weird, weird noise. I'm just like, what the fuck? Is yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and this was just like yesterday. That I, you know what I mean? It wasn't even like when I was like, no. Like seriously, when I was a kid. So the embodiment of death in a black robe and a scythe in hand, the Grim Reaper enters. Ooh, Ooh where's that at? There it is. Uh, Gotta have that. Like it. We all know of this deity and so-called, um, you know, his motivations here. It approaches everyone while watching for the last sand particle to fall, holding an hourglass in its hand. He's looking at you, staring at you with those soulless sockets. Right? I, I figured he had a lot of life in his eyes. Do you think he enjoys what he does? I mean, why would he be doing it for so long? I don't know, maybe. Maybe he's the real serial killer. Maybe he's stuck in a loop. Oh, shit. Maybe he has to do this. Maybe he's red... What is it? Red Skull. Oh! But he's white skulled, from what we know. From what we know. That's true. We'll talk about it. Ooh. So when that happens, it cuts the soul free with a razor-sharp slice that it has perfected over time with that big, beautiful scythe of his. Although it may not be a pretty picture... It is distinct and obvious. We all know when you see the the picture, a picture of the Grim Reaper, or someone mentions the name, we all know what it means. Yeah. And that's across the world. You know what I mean? We know he is the embodiment of death. No more taxes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Shing. <laughs> so putting a human face on the idea of death is ultimately the Grim Reaper's job, quote, unquote. Ooh. But why did people feel the need to give the Grim Reaper such a gloomy appearance? Why not turn him into a welcoming and useful tour guide for the underworld? You know, like maybe have a big red nose coming in. Like, hey, come on, guys. How you doing back there? <laughs> Guess where we're going? To hell. <laughs> it is the, the, oh, God, that kind of gave me a little. little, little. <laughs> a lot of people are afraid of clowns. Man. I'm not so afraid I, of clowns, but it totally gave me like that killer clowns from space or whatever vibe. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's exactly so what that came in. So yeah. You know they're making a new game that's re, like rebooting that old movie? The Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yeah. Really? They're making it into a video game. That's pretty awesome. It's actually, I saw the trailer for it. It's pretty yeah. badass. Very realistic, and I don't like how creepy the clowns look. Oh. They're like... I used to be afraid of clowns when I was a kid, and then I realized, I'm stupid. 
Because they're clowns. Stop it. Yeah, my sister is deathly, or Haley is deathly afraid. There's a lot of people that are really like deathly afraid of clowns. Like, I'm not a big fan of it just because, you know, you've got guys like Gacy and, you know, things like that that used to dress up. Murder clowns, what, 2016 or 2018? Yeah, which weren't even really murdering anyone. There's been a few instances. We'll do, maybe we'll do killer clowns one of these days. From outer space? No, no. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So, why must he also be a man for that matter? Why is it not a woman? Oh. Why is the Grim Reaper? Well, how do we know that it's not, to be honest with you? How do we know it identifies as either? Correct. I mean, we really don't. It identifies as fucking death. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What gender are you before you kill me, sir? I'm death. No, but seriously, do you do you identify as a man, a female, non-binary? What do you do? I'm fucking death. So you're not a man. Shing! <laughs> So we'll examine the Grim Reaper's history, the symbolism attached to his appearance, and how he's portrayed in other cultures. We'll also look at how the Reaper has been depicted in literature, film, and art. When we're done, you'll understand the identity uh, the identity of the Grim Reaper, his methods, and most importantly here, the reason for his existence, um, should you see him prowling around your deathbed. <laughs> yeah, scary. So as Lewis Carroll once said, it's best to begin at the beginning. Seems kind of redundant. A little bit. <laughs> Lewis Carroll, uh, is that the person that wrote the... Everyone out there is yelling at me right now. Do-da, do-da. Fuck your face. I'll get it in a minute. Hold your fucking horses. Um, uh, no, that's not right. Nope, it's not Alice in Wonderland. That's not Lewis Carroll, is it? Yeah, that is. Is it? Yeah, and hey! the looking glass. Yeah. douche. Bitches. Oh, he knows how to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say I read it. I just... Oh, well, I'll take back my comment. So, and for the Grim Reaper, the beginning can be found in the creation, um, you know, myths, you know, uh, present um, in all cultures. So in other words, cultures everywhere have some ideology of what the Grim Reaper is. And aliens. And, and what? What? What do you mean? Every culture has some sort of depiction of an alien. Every culture is the Grim That'd be kind of cool. That'd be fucking awesome. It's just Roger from American Dad just walking around the little scythe. Hey, I'm here to kill you. <laughs> so death itself must exist before the Grim Reaper, a personification of death, can exist. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Humans were initially formed as immortal creatures who descended from their level of perfection in almost all civilizations and religions. Yeah, it's like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but when you talk about certain myth, um, uh, uh, mythology in certain cultures or whatever, that's why there's so many different immortals and the gods and this and then somebody fucked up and now it's like, guess what? Now you're going to die because this person slept with another person and they didn't like that. Did you know Zeus was a creep? Yeah, every god in Greek mythology. But like Zeus would like like turn into like an eagle or something and fly into women's rooms and like... Every yes. Greek mythology god did that except Hades. Hades was the only respectable one. <clears throat> what a turd. Yeah. Anyway... So, of course, we were immortal, and then someone fucked it up. Mm. So the Bible's most famous example is the story of Adam and Eve's fall. The book of Genesis claims that God made Adam and Eve to care for the world he had made and to help populate it, which is really weird. Mm. The Garden of Eden was a paradise where the first man and woman resided, as most of us probably know or have heard. Adam was instructed by God to tend to the garden and gather fruit from all the trees with the exception of the tree of the uh, of knowledge or of the knowledge of good and evil is that what the, na- the tree is called yeah it's, it's like- called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil <laughs> no it's like the tree of uh, of wisdom or something like that but i didn't want to put that actual name in there 
It should be called the tree of don't fucking touch it. (laughs) Unfortunately, Eve was duped into eating the fruit by Satan, who was speaking via a serpent, which is why everyone looks at snakes like they're evil now. She then gave Adam the fruit, who consumed it as well, um, you know, despite being aware that it was wrong. Adam and Eve died physically and spiritually as a result of defying God. God said, I gave you, I said one, one thing, one thing. I brought, I gave you life. Like, I took his motherfucking rib <laughs> for you. And I asked you, just don't, t- don't, that one, see all the trees around you? Why? Why that one tree? Because it's paradise. There shouldn't be any rules in paradise. Bitch, I told you. Okay? <laughs> like, listen, I, t- <clears throat> Hold on, let me walk away for a second. No, you gotta die. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. That's an end scene. Yeah, thank you. Good, thank good. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. End scene. <laughs> that was God smiting Adam and Eve. Who knew he could sound so angry? <laughs> In other religions, people were formed as mortals who made valiant attempts to become immortal but failed. There's been a bunch of those. This tale is told in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, a character from a recent Eternals movie. <laughs> He was. Gilgamesh was the big guy. Yeah. The big guy that, like, the big, like, uh, the Asian dude that could, like, fight and whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Gilgamesh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one that was all in love with Angelina Jolie. Correct. And yeah. he, like, was her protector and stuff. Oh. Spoilers! <laughs> they all die. No, they don't all die. I still think it's a good movie. I thought though. it was really anyway. good. Anyway. So, he, Gilgamesh, a character from uh, Mesopotamian literature, was the progeny of a goddess and a human ruler. Gilgamesh, however, was still a mortal being, just like his closest buddy, Enkidu. 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 Anything Enkidu I could do better? (laughs) No. When Enkidu passes away, the great hero is troubled by the idea of dying and embarks on a mission to become immortal. He meets, oh my god, this word, uh, Utnapishtim. Utnapishtim. Yeah. (laughs) Utnapishtim. Right? Who pissed you off, buddy? <laughs> Utna pished him. <laughs> Why did you do that to Tim? No. So Utna pished him. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Okay. A man who has been granted eternal life by the gods during his travels. Okay. That's pretty so cool. he's, etern- he's an immortal now. Gilgamesh has promised immortality by the guy with the U name if he can last a week without sleeping. Oh. Which is an odd thing. Gilgamesh eventually nods off, but um, the Utna pished him still gives him a plant that can restore its owner's health. So it's a plant that if you, you know, you nibble a little bit, maybe. You know. You know. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. oh, is that what they're doing? Oh. He's like, listen, smoke this shit. <laughs> It'll make you feel much better. <laughs> so any hopes Gilgamesh had of becoming eternal are dashed when the plant is devoured by a hungry snake on the way home. Damn snakes. Fucking snakes, dude. Told you. All they want to do is get high too, man. I fucking hate snakes so much. <laughs> Gilgamesh returns home in the mythology of Mesopotamia and joyfully accepts his, uh, accepts his life as a mortal man. Okay, screw it. But, as we know, most people aren't that laid back. The thought of our own mortality, it disturbs us. It kind of, well, let's be honest, it fucking scares us. A little bit, yeah. You know what I mean? What's up to end of the dark tunnel? Right. Everything we accomplish is constantly plagued by the shadow of death. Research supports this. According to a 2022 survey, 20% of Americans over the age of 50 experience anxiety when they consider their afterlife. 53% of respondents think ghosts or spirits exist. <laughs> and 73% think there is life after death. 
That's crazy. That's a high. I never would have thought Very high that number. that would have been a, that high of a number. Very high. Okay, what do you, what do you think? Um, of any of those, I am very much worried about whether or not I'm, you know, going to be dying or living after I die, you know? Um, okay, hold on. So, so <clears throat> first of all, mm-hmm. you're afraid of dying. Yes. Okay. Mm. And do you believe anything happens after you die? And I know we're both not exactly religious people, mm. more spiritual people. Calm down out there. And when I'm not hating on religion anyway. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> um i i don't know i i want to believe something but i don't really i think it's just lights go off that's it so i'm not afraid of dying no nope i'm afraid of being dead yeah that thing okay yeah seriously i don't mind like dying the dying part it's like okay because the only way i'm gonna find out what the fuck is gonna happen is when that happens yeah okay so i'm not afraid of of the actual like dying but being dead sounds like it sucks but i don't know then again, you know, if you talk to like people that are very religious, they're like, "Well, when you're dead, you go to heaven, and heaven's awesome, and everything's cool as shit." You know? Yeah, but there's rules. Yeah, well, regardless. <laughs> but then there's other people that are like, "Well, yeah, but if you go to hell, it sucks." Yeah. It's like Cleveland, but hotter. Yeah. Okay. Or colder, depending on where you're yeah, at. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I guess with me, I, I I'm kind of, but I I have this, and we need to talk about this. We will do an episode one day, and I've I've teased this a few times about um reincarnation yeah i really want to dive deep into that okay okay so reincarnation not next week's episode because next week we're going back into true crime just so you guys are aware um but maybe the week after that let's talk about some reincarnation because there's been some legitimate reincarnation stories Mm -hmm. that i kind of lend to think that maybe that's why we have these little glimpses of our past lives and stuff or of the future of ourselves and of course Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so that changed everything for me. And I now I, I, I officially think that I uh, I live in an alternate reality to my other self who actually enjoys his life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Anyway, so uh, I would love to know what you guys think, too. Like, seriously, do you think that we just go into a box and we're dead? Do you think that our bodies are connected to the universe and then we become stardust, which I've said that before. We're all stardust now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's just... That's called science. <laughs> that's called physics. It's right. inevitable. Yeah, that's just, that's what it is. Or do you believe that, you you know, there is a heaven or a hell? And again, not negating anybody, what you believe. One of my most weird, not weird, how do I put it? When my grandmother passed away, your great-grandmother, mm-hmm. I was devastated. Mm-hmm. Loved her. And it came out of the blue. Loved her. She was crazy as shit. And, but I, I, I loved her to death. But she didn't fear death at all. She knew where she was going. In her heart, in her mind, you know right. what I mean? She she knew she was going to heaven, and that, that was it. To me, that is fucking fantastic. Yeah. You know, to have that uh, just unwaverable, um, uh, definitive, like, this is what what we're doing. This is what's happening to me. And where you almost accept it, and you're kind of like, I can't wait to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, 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 some people actually seem that way. Like, And that's when they go through life, like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Fuck it, man. I'm happy. Like, whatever happens. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Me, my mind goes, mm. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, and so. I kind of lie here. I don't want to just die. Yeah, go yeah. away. So, I mean, but, you know, the whole, you know, reincarnation thing, too. And the, there's a thing that the bright white light that you go into is when they say you die. The vagina you're coming the out of. the vagina you're coming out of when you're born. Yeah. We're definitely doing that. Oh. Two weeks from now, we'll talk about that. Hell yeah. We're going to go in some weird Can't shit. Can't wait to come back as a sea cucumber. What? 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 Just fucking a mollusk, bro. <laughs> Just floating through the water, like, don't care about anything, man. Who was it? Was it, uh, there was a comedian that said he wanted to come back. He says, when I die, I hope there's reincarnation. I want to come back as a woman's bicycle seat. 
It's pretty awesome. Uh, that's pretty good. So undoubtedly, and as it has been for thousands of years, what happens to us, uh, you know, as we die, as well as what occurs after we die, is a, an enormous issue, and nobody knows. Humans used a, uh, a tried-and-true strategy, okay? Mm-hmm. They gave death a form they are familiar with in order to make sense of dying and mortality. As a result, a vague, invisible phenomenon becomes a concrete, observable phenomenon. Okay, something that you're like, because you can't see death. Right. Oh, I just made my... But you can't see, like, the, the, okay, the physical embodiment of death. Correct. So let's give him an appearance. Yeah. Let's give him a cool robe and a cool little axe thing and, you know. Yeah. And you've seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right? Have you seen any of the Bill and Ted's? No. Jesus. That's my head exploding. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. So you can comprehend death if you see a familiar face in it, right? Better yet, if you can put your anxieties aside and perceive death as a kind, gentle face, which is weird they made the Grim Reaper look like he does, you know? It's just very weird. I mean, it could be weirder. Oh, I'm sure. Again, hang on, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, kids, we're going to (laughs) die. Do you want to go see your parents? (laughs) Do you miss Grandpa? (laughs) (laughs) So it can, of course, also go the other way. Looking at death might reveal a frightful countenance. The terrifying visage of the Grim Reaper uh, arose following a particularly um, particularly trying period in human history, as we'll talk about here in the following section. So why not give death a kind face if you're going to give it a human one, right? right? Like we just said. Yeah. Why not make it be somebody just soft and, you know, like, like, like Betty White? I was... Betty White would have been the perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I saw her on my deathbed, I'd been like, oh, it's Betty. You know what I mean? And I'd been off to the races, man. I'd go hang What's out with the, her. What's uh, the theme song for the Golden Girls? Thank you for being a fan. That just Travel plays. down the road and back again. Oh, yeah. My heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And you're just walking into the sunset <laughs> with Betty White. God, that's how I want to die. That's it. That's how I want to die. I don't care what you guys have to do to make that happen. You're you're my child. You have to make that happen. Okay, I'm God. putting it in my fucking will. When I die, someone has to dress up like Betty White and play that song. Oh, God. It'll probably be crazy. As I'm dying. Not when As I die. As you're dying. As oh, okay, I'm dying. I got you. I got you. I got you. Like, like, if I'm on some sort of thing and you're getting ready to pull the plug, that has to happen. I got you. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys heard it here. That's That's what's happening. <laughs> So the Greeks adopted that strategy and gave death the name Thanatos. Yeah. Hypnos, the deity of sleep, mm-hmm. and his twin brother Thanatos were both shown as attractive young males. Thanatos is depicted in some Im- images as having wings and uh, a, a and put out flame. He could disperse flame. Yeah, he's kind of like, like this like aura around him that kind of looks like a, uh, a flame, almost kind of like extinguishing. Oh. It's kind of weird. But okay. All right. He's kind of like Ghost Rider. Yeah, minus the big flames. You know, he's more like, he's like, not like Hulk. He's like Thor, smoldering fire. (laughs) (laughs) Side note, I know you guys hate this, but guess what? I was uh, Fat Thor for my daughter's, or my granddaughter's seventh birthday party. It was pretty epic. It was pretty awesome. You fit the role perfectly. Just going to say, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'd been working a very long time for that physique. Yes. And yeah. It looked like melted ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So he he had the responsibility, Thanatos here had the responsibility of going to Hades, the Greek underworld, with the deceased. Okay, so he would take him, right? Mm -hmm. Come on with me. Come There, Sharon, the ferryman on the River Styx. That's the name. I couldn't remember his damn name the other day. The ferryman on the River Styx would receive the souls from Thanatos. Thanatos. Thanos. Weird. Ooh. 
In this interpretation, death is lovely and beneficial rather than fearful and ugly. Okay, right? It makes sense because you're going on a little, going on a trip in this really fucking weird ship. <laughs> going to hell, hanging with Thanatos. No, that, 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 that kind of. Nah, that kind of. You almost had me there, but it was yeah, kind of. Uh, whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> they all can't be wieners, you know. Mm. So there are also feminine variations of death. The Valkyries were depicted as stunning young women in Norse mythology who carried soldiers' souls to the afterlife as well as acting as messengers for Odin. In actuality, the word Valkyries refers to slain's choosers. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. That's why I have a uh, Valkyrie tattoo on my, my, my leg. Because you're choosing who you slay? No, I'm choosing... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> They would ride on winged horses during battle and pick intrepid soldiers to perish by scouting the battlefield. And if you've seen the Thor uh, Ragnarok or whatever, uh, Valkyrie in there is a, well, she's a Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. It's kind of depiction because, you know, whatever. <laughs> you you get it. So they would then deliver these spirits to Odin's realm, Valhalla. Valhalla. The valiant spirits were recruited to participate in the terrible struggle known as Ragnarok after they reached the afterlife. Um, another side note, too. Went to uh, walk uh, my granddaughter, mm-hmm. y- your daughter, obviously, oh, yes, yes. to her first day of second grade. Mm-hmm. She looks back. She goes, hey, Pop Pop, how's Thor? Is he back in Asgard? I'm like, yeah, he's good. I just think it's amazing. She loved that. <laughs> so the Valkyries are comparable to angels who serve as a spiritual bridge between God and people. Angels provide messages to mankind or defend them in some myths. In other tales, they converse with the dead and torture the sinners. Many religions and civilizations feature the angel of death, a spirit that removes a person's soul from the body at the moment of death. Okay. Yes. Death. Grim Reaper. Nurses. The authors. Ooh. Oh, oh boy. Oh. If you guys go back and listen to that episode. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. In Judeo-Christian tradition, the archangels Michael and Gabriel have served as death angels. Um, It's Gabriel. Gabriel? It's Gabriel. No, it's Gabriel. It's Gabriel. His name is not Peter Gabriel. You ever, did you ever see Legion? Yes. That's how they pronounced it in that. Gabriel? It's Gabriel. Were, like, were they Latina? Ch- like choked on a dick when they were saying it. Gabriel. Ugh. Oh, that was wow. weird. Why, why do you have to go to the dick? Choking why on couldn't a they been hoagie? Cho- I don't know. Anything, a meatball sandwich. Anything but a dick. A Philly cheesesteak. Ooh. That's going to sound kind of good. Like a good Philly cheesesteak. Oh. I make a mean one. Yeah, you do. Anyway, so the Islamic angel of death known as Azrael can occasionally be seen as a terrifying ghost with eyes and tongues covering every inch of his body. <laughs> I want what? that as a tattoo on my back. With eyes and tongues? Yeah. You ever seen Hellboy, the golden, the, the golden, whatever it's called? The golden army? Uh, yes. When... I've seen all of them. I've actually seen movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just saying. But when Hellboy was being brought back to life, that was Azriel, The guy with the eyes on his hands and didn't have eyes for her face, but he had that like, little crest around his head. He talk like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's that's the guy I want on my back. All I envision is um like um the guy from Kiss, the bass player from Kiss. Gene Simmons. Wait, he's the bass player? I just imagine him and his tongue just just a bunch of those all over the <laughs> place. All over. Yeah, it just seems weird to me. Yeah. I don't know why I went there. So every soul in the world has a birth and a death recorded in a vast ledger that Azriel keeps updated. Man, sounds like a rough job. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, he's busy. Yeah. By the Middle Ages, the angel of death had been conceptually ingrained in both European religion and culture. But in the latter half of the 14th century, an epidemic occurrence changed how the common person perceived and reacted to death. The plague of the Middle Ages, one of the deadliest pandemics in, in human history, was that occurrence. 
The initial plague outbreak claimed at least 25 million lives. Well, and there was probably only like 30 million people on Earth at that time. Yeah. While subsequent plague outbreaks that re, uh, recurred for centuries resulted in millions more, you know, dying. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Now, is that that that's the bubonic plague, right? Yeah. Is that what we're discussing? Yes. Because the there's been several. The Black Plague. We've had several different plagues. The Black Death. Yeah, that's so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, you guys can go back and listen to our, our version of that. that or not version. Our telling of that story, if you'd like to go wasn't back. Wasn't the original COVID. That's no, yeah, no. So fear swept the entire continent. Fear of death, fear of an unknown epidemic, fear of the agony of the disease's late stages when the skin on a victim's extremities grew black and gangrenous. I actually have a uh, great-grandfather, I believe, so you have great-great, um, who actually died from gangrene. Oh, really? Yeah. Ugh. That's a real go. I don't want to do that. No. So all activities were characterized by a morbid atmosphere, which also had an impact on the period's writers and painters, of course, because it was such a dark, dreary time. If you look at the any artwork from that era, mm-hmm. it is very rare to find something that's like bright and uplifting because that wasn't life. Nope. Life was like, everybody's dying. Yeah. Like, everybody's dying. Did you see what they did for the updated, uh, The I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but for the Pope, like in wherever the fuck the Pope is at, his Rome, yeah, Rome. Okay, his like <laughs> the Vatican. Yes, the Vatican. Which actually, the Vatican is his own place. So it's in, it's in, it's in, anyway. Go ahead. It's, yes, yeah, 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 it's in the building or whatever. But his okay. like little throne or whatever the hell you want to call that he sits on. He's the Antichrist. But he, uh, <laughs> just kidding. You ever heard that that TikTok of like how they like describe uh, uh, like what the Antichrist is and they just list off all the characteristics of the Pope? That's fucked up. It is really fucked up. <sighs> but uh, they remodeled the, uh, the 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 fucking artwork right behind where he sits. Just a bunch of gaming consoles now? <laughs> no, it's actually... That'd be amazing. <laughs> it's like it's like Jesus in flames and like death and it like it's super morbid. Is this like some sort of like his premonition of something to come or something? Or something that's already passed? I don't know. Look, regardless, folks, we're all gonna die. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Go out on your own fucking terms. That's just, how I look at it. It's spooky, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just go out on your own terms. Have fun. Enjoy life. Do what you can do. If you're not happy, fucking change it. Yeah. Period. Do life it. is way too fucking short. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Period. It's a lot of periods. Right. Lots. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Riley gets so mad when I do that in the text. <laughs> <laughs> when I text people... I, I, I always put, like, dot, dot, dot afterward. Or just two dots. The dots don't even make any sense. They're just two dots. No, it's always three. It's, it's like, like how's do. your day going? Dot, dot. I'm like, I don't do dot, dot. You do. I do not do I dot, dot. I can show you. you. Ah, bullshit. Oh. Those are accidents then. I do dot, dot, dot. And Riley's like, are you saying something else? <laughs> anyway. So, unsurprisingly, skeletons started to represent death in artwork at this time. Shocker. Yeah. In reality, the skeletal form of death was frequently depicted in a similar manner by painters. Um, he was, uh, oh, oh, we're talking about death here, yeah, the, the Grim Reaper here, was frequently pictured with a crossbow, dart, or other weapon. Oh. The angel of death, shall I say. These tools would eventually give way to the scythe, a mowing instrument with a long curved blade attached to an angle um, to a long handle. And it, it used to be, you, you take it to chop down like corn stalks and like and really tall weeds and stuff. Weeds and wheat. 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 <laughs> wheat. We'll wheat and take the scythe and go get the wheat. <laughs> so many artworks depicted the uh, the hereafter chopping down souls like grain by swinging its scythe through a throng of humanity. So in other words, he was taking the scythe, and I mean, what better way to swipe down somebody than with a big ass bladed instrument? Mm. A young woman would occasionally stand at the grave to serve as a reminder of the connection between life and death. The idea that death might communicate with the living and lure them into the uh, the hereafter was another prevalent, you know, concept. 
Um, do of this, skeletons are depicted dancing and having fun with people from all walks of life in the dance of death, also known as Dances Macabre. Oh. Because, I mean, they're trying to bring that, like, don't be afraid. Yes, that because is Because Urba is dying. Yeah, that is the only song I like by Ghost, too. What was that? Dance Macabre. You ever heard that song? No, I don't listen to garbage music. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm really not a fan, though. Yeah, I heard I one song that was okay, but it was like ultra like radio and poppy, and I had no idea it was them. Yeah, yeah. I love the gimmick. Yeah. I love the gimmick. I think that's super cool, just like uh, our boys in Sleep Token. In Sleep Token. Oh. I love the gimmick. I think that's amazing. Um, so these post-plague images of death led to the creation of the Grim Reaper. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll look at the significance of his form and physique following here, okay? The Grim Reaper is an incredibly symbolic figure, as we know. When he eventually arrives, the items he is carrying and even the clothes he is wearing will reveal something about his character and his objectives. So wait, he has more than one outfit? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes he shows up in a suit. Sometimes he shows up in his birthday suit. He's like, this is my Adidas track jacket. Uh, I'm just going for a run. So just stand in my way so I don't kill you. Okay, just saying. So now let's look at uh, some of the symbolism. One symbol at a time here. Okay, so skeletons and skulls. Mm. For all you weird fuckers out there that love skulls and skulls and skeletons. Skel- 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 <laughs> like the sisters skeleton. Anyway, uh, I'm a huge fan. I love skulls. I love all that shit. Same. I'm not allowed to have any of that in my house because my wife doesn't like that stuff. You can't have a skull of your enemies that you drink out of? Oh, no, I do. She just doesn't know about it. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so it was common to observe piles of decaying bodies as the disease spread through Europe and Asia, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally everybody was just dying. One in five Londoners perished during the Great Plague of London. One in five. Which struck the city between 1665 and 1666. Given how common death and dying are, it is reasonable that artists and illustrators started to represent death in a form of a corpse or skeleton because they weren't even burying people. Right. There was too many of them to bury. They so were burning them. They were, it, some of them, they just piled them up. Yeah. There was a lot of them they just piled up and they were just like, Ugh. like bring out your dead. You probably have no idea. I, Monty Python? Yes. Yeah? I've actually seen Monty Python. Really? I've only seen one of the Monty Python. Which one? The one with uh, da, da, ba, ba, Arthur, the with the with the coconuts and they're clapping them with the horses. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I've seen. Yes. I haven't seen the Robin Hood one or the other one either. The Robin Hood one wasn't there a Monty Python where it was Robin Hood? Uh, no, there's Life of Brian where it was Jesus's brother, I think. <laughs> but is that the one with the? Uh, the You're talking about uh, Search of the Holy Grail. That's the one you've seen. Yeah, that's the one I've seen. That's the one with the, the coconuts. Was there another one where over did? by the swallows? Where it was like. Uh, uh, what the hell is it? it was like there was like a Caesar or whatever and his buddy or whatever like his what the fuck was his name I don't even know what you're talking about oh what the hell was that guy's name I can't remember his fucking Bill name. Tom Steve George it was like Buttekiss or something like that no uh, mm. does it titillate you when I mention the name fucking what the hell was it Are you, you're not talking about uh, Men in Tights are you is that it that's that's not that that's is not, not a Monty Python I thought it was no are you sure? Uh, yes, I'm 100% positive. Uh, what the hell was the name then? I don't know. You you look that up. I'm going to continue talking about death. No, I want to talk about big butts and a candy. <laughs> so the skeleton figure serves as a metaphor for the decomposition of human flesh. What remains after worms and maggots have done their dirty work. It also feeds into one of the biggest concerns that people have. The dread of annihilation. So let's talk about his black cloak. He's always got a cloak on, right? Yes. As far as, you know, other than his track jacket. 
So black has long been connected to loss and gloom. So, you know, people, funeral attendees dress in black and black hearses are used to transport the deceased. Mm-hmm. Black is, you know, basically the, the color of death. Black, however, is frequently associated with bad energies. And that is true, too. So, like, there's a lot of different um, thoughts and processes about... Uh, you're looking at Mel Brooks is who you're thinking of, by the way. Is that what it is? That's Mel Brooks did it, yeah. Um, so, where the hell was I? Damn it, you <laughs> fucked me up. Anyway... So the yeah like bad so like black uh, candles can be for bad energy and black you know uh, colors like in your house and stuff like that. So the reaper exudes mystery and danger thanks to his dark cloak. The reaper hides beneath the shadows of his cloak, playing off our fears of the unknown because the things we can't see worry us as much as the things we can see, if not sometimes more so. So the scythe. As we talked about here, mm-hmm. he was seen, you know, before having arrows, darts, spears, crossbows, all kinds of shit early in the depictions of him. And, of course, these are tools to, you know, kill his victims with. Yeah. A scythe eventually took the place of these other tools of killing. A scythe was, again, the implement for cutting grain, grass, yada, yada. And it made sense for the symbol to be put into uh, to, to death in an agriculture community because everybody there, they were farmers. This is what they were doing. Where harvesting in the fall signified the end of the year. So death harvests souls for their passage into the af- uh, the afterlife in a similar manner on how they harvested their crops. You get it? I gotcha. See what I'm saying? Uh, it's actually pretty awesome that they did it, how they did it that way. Yeah. So the hourglass. Sand pours from the upper to bottom glass bulb with the traditional hourglass over the course of an hour. It has endured into the digital age as a reminder to be patient as our computer loads a web page or executes a command because it is such a potent representation of time and how it passes. It was Life of Brian. It was Biggest Dickus. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Life of Brian. That's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, think about it now. Like, the, the hourglass has been around for freaking ever. Yeah. And people still have them. Yeah. I, I actually one. think they're pretty neat. Yeah. Do you have one? I used to. Oh. It was like a little, I mean, I, I do somewhere it's not a bin, but it's like a little small one that I got for like when you brush your teeth, you turn it upside down. That's how long I'm supposed to brush your teeth for. Like sands through an hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Additionally, the Grim Reaper holds an hourglass, of course, reminding us that time is running out. Our time is up when the sand is gone. We can only pray that we have more time to live than an hour. So that's the hourglass part of that. So it was so common to see the representation of the Grim Reaper in religious writings. The book of Revelation in the Bible provides the best illustration. The four horsemen appear in Revelation 6, 1 through 8. To bring about tragedies signifying the end of the world. Pestilence, war, famine, and death. Those are the four horsemen, just in case you guys were wondering. Ah, gotcha. Or, in yeah. wrestling terms, I'm pretty sure it was Orn Anderson, um, Ric Flair. Uh, shh. Justin, I know you're listening, buddy. you got to let me know who the rest of the four <laughs> horsemen are. Right, anyway, so only death is expressly mentioned out of the four. Okay, he is seated on a pale horse which is frequently mistaken for pale green, the hue of illness and decay. Most often, death is portrayed as the reaper himself with a grimacing skull and scythe in hand, ready for the gory labor that lies ahead. Ooh. You ever hear that uh, Johnny Cash song? There's a man coming to town. Talking about um, riding a pale horse or whatever. It's in um, uh, Day of the Dead? Is it Day of the Dead? No. No. Maybe. Might be. I think I know that song. George Romero movie. I I've never seen the movie, but I... Chugger! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I really? know the song. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I wish I could play it right now, but um, unfortunately, 
Thank you, copyright laws. Yay. So the Grim Reaper is still a popular subject for writers today. Okay, we're going to talk about a few instances of the Reaper in popular culture here. In, uh, in, in, you know, in things today. Yeah. Presently. Yeah. Without a doubt, the Grim Reaper makes a fantastic character, which explains why he has long been part of myths and legends. One typical tale known as the, quote, cheating death tale describes a person who tries to deceive the Grim Reaper in order to avoid dying. Hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine trying to trick death. Oh. Oh. No. They made not- like five movies about that, didn't they? I just thought you were imagining it. No, I was actually, yes. But. <laughs> like, imagine it, if you will. Pause. Okay, I thought about it. <laughs> so, of course, you know, he, this guy actually tried to do this. A well-known illustration is the legend of uh, Rabbi Ben Levi. Levi or Levi? I'm going to say Levi. It's Levi. Levi? Yeah. Rabbi Ben Levi? He made the jeans. <laughs> Son of a fucking... What the fuck? <laughs> Walking around. You feel better? Yeah. You feel better? You feel better? Some Woo. some Jewish guy walking around making Levi's. Is Hell that what you're yeah. saying? It's like you you gotta try these. These are great. That was a horrible. They hug your know. ass. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, no, this is by uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so death for the holy man in Longfellow's poem arrives with a somber proclamation. Lo, the time approaches near when thou must die. Can I hold the sword of death? The rabbi inquires. The rabbi receives the weapon from death, who hurriedly flees and hides until God can step in to save him. Ben Levi, or Levi, is not killed when God appears, but the rabbi is instructed to give the sword back to its rightful owner. So, th- that's all it takes? Yeah. You gotta be faster than death. Your shoes are untied. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not wearing shoes. Anyway. So, other influential works, such as uh, the, the, the Dance Macabre, or Dance of Death, a sort of drama that appeared after the Black Death has uh, have established our contemporary understanding of the Grim Reaper. These plays were intended to help churchgoers accept the certainty of death. Like, sorry, you gonna die. The victim's encounter with death, symbolized as a skeleton, was portrayed in the performance, which typically took place in a cemetery or churchyard. The victim makes various justifications for why his life should be saved, but these are rejected, and death eventually follows him away with an entourage of other skeletal creatures. Several German engravers like Bernd Notke and Hans Holbein. Holbein? Holbein? Oh, I know this guy. Oh, you do? I know Hans Holbein. Yeah? He's very nice. Oh, is he? He's, no, I mean, he, he, he does these uh, plays and stuff. Yeah? Yes, I've been to a, a few of them. Oh, really? Yes, I had to sneak out. Why? Because the Fuhrer was sleeping. He did not want to go. He was snoring pretty loud, huh? He's, he's such a turd. I don't like him anyway. So anyway, he's a very nice guy. Okay, bye. <laughs> So they found that the scenes from this play made for interesting themes. So these artists' prints depicted dancing skeletons amid people from all social classes as a message that nobody, not even the rich, hoity-toity freaking royals, can avoid death. Oh. Think about that. And that's the truth, too. Think about it. It doesn't matter how much fucking money you got. You gonna die. We all gonna die. Yes. You gonna die. Elon Musk, well, he's probably the only one I think might actually have a chance. Yeah. Because he's so weird yeah. that he's probably got some sort of hyperbaric chamber or whatever the hell it's called somewhere. Yeah, man. Maybe he is himself an alien. It's, it's possible. I it's mean, possible. Huh. It's very possible. Huh. Uh, like that whole thing about uh, Walt Disney supposedly having his head frozen, cryogenically frozen. Oh, I've seen it. No, you haven't. I've touched it. No, you haven't. I've. It's not real. Played with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. I like the mustache. D- did you? <laughs> did you now? Weird. That's why it's no longer there. <laughs> yeah. You got it at your house. Oh. That'd be amazing, to be honest. But no, he never did that. Everyone thought that he did, but he did. It was, it was a little wives' tale there, folks. Oh. So Ingmar, Berg, Ingmar, uh, Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal has had a similar impact on current culture. The 1957 movie is about Antonius Block, a knight who returns from the Crusades to discover that the disease has killed many of his countrymen. Mm. Max von Sydow, love that guy, plays Antonius Block in the role. Block is also awaited by death, who is portrayed by Binkt Ikarot. What a fucking name. That is a fucking name. What's your name? Binkt Ikarot. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> Like a freaking disease. So having reached a standstill, the knight challenges death to a game of chess, which Block ultimately loses. The image of Ekarot's death, a menacing white visage disguised beneath a black cloak, endures so vividly despite the story's unsettling nature. I mean, we, we've all seen that. Even in, like, anything from... I mean, there's so many things. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, the Barely Odd Parents or Fairly Odd Parents? Fairly Odd Parents? Yeah. yeah. There's a Grim Reaper in that. Yeah. Uh, villain family Ted, Family Guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, you know who it is when he pops up. Always. So the Grim Reaper also plays a key role in some of the following things here. Don't Fear the Reaper, a song released by Blue Oyster Cult in 1976. And of course, a classic ding, 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 ding. And that's where the, the cowbell comes in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. <laughs> Gentlemen. More cowbell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. Um, let's see. Because I Could Not Stop for Death, a poem by Emily Dickinson in which the narrator shares a carriage ride with death. That's pretty cool. That's actually a really cool poem. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens in which the ghost of Christmas yet to come. That's right. The, co- the ghost of the future, as we mm-hmm. may know it from some other depictions. Cloaked and skeletal appears to show Scrooge how he will die. The Discworld novels by Terry Pratchett, which feature death as an ally of mankind. The Sandman by Neil Gaiman, a groundbreaking series of comic books in which death appears as a girl, and you can actually watch now on, I believe, Netflix. Really? I think it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Is you're it right. on Netflix? Yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. watched it yet. Everyone's raving about it, though. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to sit down and watch that. Yeah. Death Takes a Holiday, a 1934 film about death's decision to take a break from his normal business to see what it's like being mortal. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. A 1998 remake of that, which I'm sure most of you have seen. Is Meet Joe Black. Yeah, most. And that was with uh, the one and only Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. In the role of death himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Then there's Scream. Of course, we know the slasher flicks uh, where a murderous team, team, teen, or whomever at the time, because there's like 27 of those movies, <laughs> stalks his victims in a Reaper-like costume. And then there's Dead Like Me, a Showtime series that explores the lives or afterlives of a group of grim reapers who walk among the living. Ooh. So, yeah, you have, there's, there's, there's so many depictions in pop culture. Whether he's funny or terrifying, a man or a woman, the Grim Reaper will probably always be a part of our pop culture diet. Like, we, we know who it is. Yes. The Reaper will calmly wait in the shadows and come for us eventually, mm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even as storytellers grow weary of dealing with death and dying. Okay? So, we thought since we are talking about the personification of death here, we should also include some theories as to what happens after we die. So let's see how many of you listeners here agree with or how many of you guys think are just fucking stupid. All right. So let us first talk. Number 10. Yes. Excretion. I don't want to be in the human centipede. It sounds horrible. Yeah, it does. Excretion. When I die, I'm going to get shit out. 
just like everybody else. I mean, when we were born, we were kind of shit up. Yeah. Or shit on. Both. <laughs> yes. So the idea that the universe is actually one enormous brain of a higher species has been around for many years. I love it. In certain containers, it might be one or more brains. Hmm. This hypothesis states that the solar system is merely a brain cell. Humans are insignificant components of the cell as well, probably like cancerous lesions. For that enormous brain, a thousand, uh, our thousands of millions of years of history occurred in a fraction of a second. All right, so let's examine what it says on uh, you know life after death here. How are our own dead cells handled? They are discarded after being taken away, right? Yeah. They're done when they die, right? Similar things happen to us if we are a small piece of a vast mind. Mm. So basically, we're just the, those dead cells. We're just dead cells floating in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. God. Listen, That's Bill and Ted, yeah. First of all, everyone out there right now knows what it is except you. And second of all, hey, drink, motherfuckers. I know Keanu a little bit. <laughs> all we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty spot on. <laughs> that was pretty good, yeah. yeah I, pretty, I, I got that. So that is the universe will leave our consciousness where it dumps its waste when we pass away. And it's pretty gross, actually. And so, yeah, it seems a little bit weird. I've never actually heard of this one before, but it actually kind of makes sense if you think about, like, just, it's, it, that is finite. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no, you just, you know what I mean? It's more like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me when I die, yeah. So, no, that, that you know what I mean? That kind of makes sense to me, that we are just this, you know. But then people don't like to consider themselves being insignificant because, unfortunately, we are, uh, human species is quite pompous. And narcissistic. And very narcissistic. Oh. So we can't, we could never just accept that we are just so. And that's why it, this whole, um, now all of a sudden we're reaching all these different galaxies and stuff like that. People are going to shit if they find out that there's another fucking form of life out there. Mm-hmm. They're going literally shit. Really? Like literally. I want to see them. Shit. They're, they're going to shit. They're going to. No, it's going to be. A... <laughs> 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 all right, number nine here. You enter the cosmic consciousness. Ooh. And this is kind of where I'm I'm kind of on this one. I like this okay. one too. All right. Okay. So, life. What is it? Knowing the answer to this question is crucial. We are conscious of our existence and are fully in charge of our own thinking, right? Mm. Right. Only 20 watts of power are required for, you know, by our brain. Mm. This is what we need. 20 watts. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. Most light bulbs use more electricity than that because this power is so low. Biologists are still unable to properly explain how our brain makes every decision so precisely. And we will be doing an episode on that. The human brain coming up. But I think Logan's afraid. Of doing the brain? Yes. Yeah, because the last episode that I was really intrigued about ended up being 60 pages of research. And we only did 20 pages of it. (laughs) That's exactly Two-part episode. (laughs) Which one are you talking about? The gangs? Yeah. Dude, there was a lot. Dude, there was so much. I wanted to add more. And maybe we will. We actually, Bill Bill said he wanted a a part two. Maybe we'll do a part two of the the gangs. part two. Yeah. So, of course, you know, they don't really know. They really don't know a lot about the brain at all, to be honest with you. That the brain named itself. They What? The brain named itself. It named itself? It did. Okay, please explain. So, the, the brain is in us, and the brain makes us do and say and think. So, therefore, the brain made us think of the name to call the brain. It named itself. The brain named itself the brain. That's fucked up. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty pretty fucking trippy, huh? All right. All right. I like that. You yeah. all heard that. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> and you heard it here, folks. That's right. 
So our area of expertise is consciousness, okay? But we do not understand its origin, all right? And we don't. We literally don't even know why we have to sleep. Yes. We know there's so many things about our, our brain and our consciousness and just life in itself that we don't understand. Dude, it's <laughs> fucking deep. Bruh, bruh. And I'm not high. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Imagine if I were. And where does it all go after we pass away? In accordance with Sir Roger Penrose and Stuart Hameroff's orchestrated objective reduction theory of the mind, coherent quantum processes in clusters of microtubes, micro, wait, microtubules, yes. with, within brain neurons are biologically orchestrated to produce consciousness. Whew. That means the little lines in our head make it so that we think and do what we do. Okay, that was, that, thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine this universe as a sea of consciousness, according to this notion. Human mind, uh, the human mind, or originates from this place and travels back there once we die. Okay, this is what this theory is. Consciousness connects all things in the cosmos. What do I say all the time? We are stardust, the Yo. universe, man. And, and I, I sound like such a hippie, and I'm the furthest thing from a fucking hippie. So, and no offense to any of you hippie people, because I love you guys. Um, you can think uh, think of it like this, okay? If you think of the universe as a sea, okay, mm -hmm. then our consciousness would be just a single wave. Mm. It remains on the ground for some time before going back. Yeah. Okay, so it goes and comes back, yeah. right? The conclusion is that after we die, our consciousness returns to the universe where it may remain eternally or it may temporary, temporarily inhabit another body. Ooh. <laughs> this is me right here, dude. Oh, this, is, this is mine mm -hmm. right there. Number nine, I'm, I'm full. I'm hundreds in on that. <laughs> hundreds. Uh, hundreds. Hundreds in. So our consciousness is therefore deeply ingrained in the cosmos and is inherently perplexing. That's why it's constantly expanding and why we don't know anything about anything. Well, I mean, that would make sense why our brains are always constantly expanding with knowledge and shit, because every single day you learn something new, and you're not forgetting shit. I mean, you do, but you just can't recollect what it is that you forgot or... Yeah, I forget what the uh, the percentages of it, that, like, everything, like, I think it's like every ten things new you learn, you, you lose one, like, you forget one. Something like that. Yeah, yeah it's something like that. It could be way more Yeah, but until somebody, know. like, just mentioned something, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, and go on this whole hour-long right. tangent about this thing that you forgot. It's how smells can trigger a, a, a memory uh, um, um, sounds, Yeesh. songs, especially Yeesh. with me, dude. I can almost place everything I've ever done in my entire life to music. Really? Not even joking. Hmm. I can hear certain songs. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that. I was freaking four years old and I was, you know, stealing rims off a car. I wasn't stealing rims. At four saying, years old? Yeah, I mean, dude, you don't, know, you don't know me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, number eight, being human is just one level. All right. That was good. You like that? That's pretty good. Crack of the beer. Yeah. So reincarnation theory holds that after we die, our souls transfer into new bodies, giving rise to a subsequent birth oh. or rebirth. Oh, ew. Dr. Ian Stevenson, has, uh, he studied some in incarnation, ah, not the festival, and looked into, that's incarceration, I know, yeah. I was making a joke, and looked into countless instances of young people claiming to have lived before, okay? He established the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia and was an academic psychiatrist. He describes incarnation as the, quote, survival of personality after death at times. Along with genes and environment, he thinks it can provide a plausible justification for a variety of personality traits, including phobias, okay? Which does make a lot of sense. I, we were talking about this in the beginning of this. I'm big on this one, too. Mm -hmm. But remember what the end of my, my the one I believe is. Betty White? Is it? Well, yes, but I'm saying <laughs> the whole soul or the, the, the cosmos thing yes. can still 
do this part. Oh, I for sure, it. for sure. Yeah, but who knows, man? I, I mean, know. technically, matter is neither created nor destroyed. It is just transferred from one thing to another. Like, I just transferred this delicious Southern Tier Warlock Imperial Stout into my stomach. Yes, and you're going to transfer it into urine. Urine. I'm going to transfer it into the toilet later. <laughs> <laughs> Much like your soul. Yeah. <laughs> You have to have a soul first. Oh. Yes. Sorry. No, I have a soul. It just sucks. It's just black and it's dismal. But tastes sweet like the warlock itself. Correct. Okay. So, of course, however, no one's allegations have ever been shown to be true about this stuff. Okay. So, this is literally, there's there's a lot of shit out there when it comes to reincarnation. This is why I want to do an entire episode on this. Yeah. When this notion first emerged, little was understood about the universe's complexity and mysticism. Because of this, they are only thought... Uh, they only thought that our spirit may reincarnate in a different body on Earth. What if your soul has a different physical body somewhere else in the universe? <laughs> what if your spirit adopts a shape that we were unaware of rather than moving into a new body? Now, when I when we're talking about this, why is it that when you look at um, artistic depiction, depictions mm-hmm. of, from humans of aliens, they're all kind of the same? Okay, but there's probably stuff out there maybe we ne- we've never even seen. There's probably sounds we've never seen. There's probably colors we've never seen. Oh, you know what I mean? That'd be kind of cool. There's there's things out there, and so that's what this is saying. It, it kind of just says that you could literally become a I don't know a star somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, like your soul could again. We're stardust. I'm gonna be a star, Dad. I'm gonna be a star finally. You are a star, son. Oh, thank you. Yes. You are a star. Can't wait to be a gaseous big ball in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) So this idea holds that our souls and conscious entities can travel any place in the cosmos. This implies that you could once more be a person, Mm. a cool-ass alien, a pointless insect, or something else. In reality, we have no idea what or who we will be after we no longer exist as humans. But if everybody, and this is my kind of two cents on this part, mm-hmm. which, fuck it, it's my show, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Fuck it. Um, if everyone claims that you have a, a soul, and mm-hmm. your soul can't be seen, right. and we don't know how souls travel, right? so it could literally go anywhere. Yeah. Right? I could be a rock, dude. It, but I'm just saying, like, you could literally, your soul could go up and immediately connect with uh, maybe another soul. Oh. You know what I mean? Have a cup of tea. And and but um, you know what I'm saying though, like be cool. through through the galaxies and through through time and everything, like our universe, we're just fine. We're finding stars now mm-hmm. that we're seeing them from nine billion years ago. That's a long time, you know. Yeah. So is it possible that maybe there were souls, or our souls could have been a part of that? Ooh. You know what I mean? We don't know through the cosmos. We don't know. Listen, I'm drunk. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm just kidding. Okay, so number seven here. The universe ends. This one is a fucky one. Oh, Mr. Fuck You Man. Oh, no, this is definitely a Mr. Oh, fuck You Man. Oh, okay. Can you demonstrate the reality of this world and the cosmos? Okay. You, listener, can you? Yeah. The likelihood is that you will affirm and provide the objects and people in your environment with proof, right? You have substantial proof. You have physical things. You can actually say, this is a beer. Yeah. This is my son. Hi. This is a microphone. You mm-hmm. know, right? Ow. However, according to the ah, solipsistic hypothesis, there is nothing outside of your mind and brain. (laughs) Live in the matrix. What? Yeah. For you, what you see and hear is accurate, but you can never establish the veracity of the people in your immediate vicinity. Okay, so 
as this article says here, let's use Grand Theft Auto V as an example. When you are at a specific location in the game, everything around you is functional, right? There are other close residents there, so nothing strange is happening to you. What about the locations where you are not? Actually, those places didn't exist back then. According to this hypothesis, there was no other life in the cosmos aside from you. Therefore, the universe stops existing after you pass away. That implies that every person you know and love vanishes. Simply said, everything and everyone is a projection of your, you listener, you beautiful passenger, your subconscious mind. Therefore, take another look around the world and stop griping about pointless things. Because it's possible you may have created it. So perfect. I'm going to get more Patreon. I'm going to get more Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> more Patreons. So um, I've actually um, thought about this as well, too. What if everything that I'm seeing is created? What if this is a dream? What if everything I'm creating right now is a dream? Me talking to you, me being on this glorious show, talking to these glorious people. What if, in fact, it's all just something that's been created by my mind, my subconscious, my psyche? Then where are you? Huh? Where are you? Who knows? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but if you think about that, then you can kind of um, you can kind of take things back a little bit, yeah, and just go, well, why can't I control this then? True. Why why can't I not control certain things in this if this is my whatever? But what if it's predisposed? What if what you're dreaming and what you're thinking of is already there? It's it's written for you, right? You know, pre-programmed yeah. per se. What if there is no galaxy? There is no Earth. There is nothing. When I die, it's just gone. Yeah. There's, you. There's everybody else. You that's, know? That's, it's crazy. I've actually thought about that one before too. That's oh. that'll get you in a weird place. Mm. So be careful with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That seriously, that one will get you in a weird fucking place. Cause it's almost like, holy shit, I'm that insignificant, or am I that significant? That like I'm my own God right. at that point in time. Because Pretty I'm much. the I'm the creator of my universe. Yeah. You're you know, the creator of your persona and your personality right. and all that around you. Yeah, it's you pretty created that. You created the asshole that cut you off on the fucking highway this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know what that means? You're the dick. <laughs> right? right? That's what it means. I like that. So number six here, life starts over again. Oh, okay. So I'm sure you've experienced this at, at least once in your life, right? That a location or person appears uh, similar, familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that you've never been there or interacted with any of the people there before. This, of course, is known as déjà vu. Oh, menage toi. Pouvez-vous passer avec moi? Voulez-vous? C'est soi. Ooh. Oh. 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 Ah, the Frenchman. He said you don't speak it this way. No. It is déjà vu. Déjà vu. Déjà vu. The V is there. It's very silent. Oh. Déjà vu. Do you hear me? Déjà vu. Anyway, so what if everything feels familiar? Okay, that implies that your life keeps repeating itself. And I've talked about this. New- I feel like I, I, almost everything I've ever thought of is is in this. I've just been taking notes, and I'm just researching. Is that what it is? This is just me and this all my different you, ideas. Talking. I've just yeah. made it look prettier. The world according to John. I mean, technically, one of these is that is true. This world is according to you, possibly, yeah. possibly, yeah. Kind of scary, yeah. <laughs> so that it, 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 again, it implies that you, you, know, your life's just repeating itself. In other words, you've been there before. You yeah. remember this. Therefore, it appears that you may be familiar with the location or that individual or people. So two things could lead to this, hypothetically, allegedly. Uh-huh. First off, all right, 
or first of all, should I say, your life is like a movie that never ends. This is the song that never ends. <laughs> it goes on and on, my friends. Some people started thinking and not knowing what it does. Sorry. <laughs> so secondly, although your life is repeated, you always have more influence over it. This reminds, you know, that sounds a lot like Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. Obviously, there are some significant differences. In this case. I've seen that movie, by the way. You have seen it? Yes. Good. Thank God. I love that movie. It's a great, yes. great, great movie. So in, in this case, life restarts after death rather than after a day. And you have a significantly less influence than in the film. Therefore, you, you know, you have your you have lucky or better luck the next time because you can remember things and you can kind of decide whether or not you can do things. Yeah. So, and I thought about this too, but I don't, this one, I'm not the way they put this in this article. I'm not a big fan of this one because I don't think that it's your life starting over. I think, well, maybe I do. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I lied. I told you I didn't take notes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn. I believe like all these things. <laughs> How is that fucking possible? <laughs> Uh, number five, the dreamer wakes up. It's entirely possible that our existence is nothing more than a creature's dream, despite the fact that this may sound like some made-up stories from the 1980s. Cthulhu! Oh. Are we the, the, the mind process of Cthulhu? That'd be pretty fucking badass. Yeah. But this, this could also be where people can relate it to God. Oh. Right? We are God's dream. Correct. Which is kind of shitty. Right. With his dream? Yeah. Well, no, some people are living some pretty good shit. I mean, some, but like... Oh, what, yours what, ain't that bad. What Calm down. everybody else, you know? Calm down. I mean, yours ain't that bad. I didn't say it was bad. You still got most of your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so you must, have all, uh, you must have all had dreams. Everyone out there who's listening has had a dream before. Only until we wake up do we know that dreams were just illusions. It was fake. It was a dream. We become unable to distinguish between reality and the dreams. Since dreams come from our own subconscious minds, their reality may or may not be in question. Okay, so like vital signs. The, uh, the Nature and Nurture of Passion, that's a book. Uh, the author Greg Lavoie actually agrees with this whole thing. And some of the most well-known concepts in the world, okay, including Google, the theory of relativity, the first periodic table, etc., had their origins in dreams. Ooh. Yeah, so people thought this shit up while they were dreaming. It happens to me all the time, but I never remember the shit. Same. I just, I got to figure out a way to, like, wake up and immediately just write it down. You got to pinch yourself. Yeah. What? When you're dreaming, just pinch yourself. I, I don't want to wake myself up. Oh. I don't know how you would do that, then. I don't know. When you, figure it out. when you find out, you let me know. I will. Okay. Thus, it is possible for dreams to be quite real. So it's possible that we wake up in the actual world after we pass away. So what we're doing right now is dreaming. Oh, shit. I know what I'm doing, then. Yeah. So, going home taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, this is a dream. And I've actually thought about this one before, too. This is this is awesome. This is so intriguing to me. You're welcome. And then when you die is when you go to the real world. Oh, man. But what happens when you die there, though? You go into the real world. The real, real world. <laughs> the real, real world. The realer world. So, um, so it's possible, again, that we wake up in the actual world after we die, and uh, very similar to Inception, like the, the movie Inception we yes. talked about. Yeah. The subject of what occurs when a dreaming creature passes away now arises. For the time being, there is no clear response to this you know, question here, and we have no idea if the person who is waking up from sleep is a soul, a human, or something else entirely. Like, we may, what you're dreaming possibly right now, this is what it's saying here, what you're dreaming right now may just be a figment of what you believe you and everyone else looks like. Oh. You know what I mean? You may look like a freaking glob in real life, but yeah. you have a consciousness 
And your consciousness is what's creating this dream that you're in right now. Crazy. It's freaking insane. Yeah, that is fucking crazy. Number four, you get reprogrammed. <laughs> All right. All right. Hopefully, I this. Back with a bigger dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Nothing. <laughs> I, I, I think I heard that. You want to come back with a bigger can of beer. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. That's good. Oh, <laughs> Lord. So this hypothesis proposes that our world is a computer simulation. The most prevalent option on this list is this. It's likely that you have, you've probably heard of this before. Nick Bostrom, an Oxford philosopher, made the, in, in, uh, the initial suggestion in 2003. It contends that either... All intelligent species perish before being able to produce an ancestor simulation or choose not to do so for some reason. Or perhaps we are just merely acting out a simulation. In the event that we are simulations of our ancestors, our consciousness is actually programmed. We play a very small part in the simulation because it's already it's predestined. Right. So after erasing your memories, our programmer can transport us to a different space and time in the simulation when we die. Oh. They only need to make a few tweaks as they already have our base code. It's really difficult to foresee what these programmers will perform. They have a wide range of options at their disposal. Kind of like uh, a little bit of uh, the Matrix there, right? A little bit. So it's another... I, I'm not a big fan of this one. Yeah. I love the movies. Yeah. Not a big fan of the ideology behind this. Yeah. I think it's more of a... I don't know. I think our consciousness is bigger than that. I don't think we're programmed and reprogrammed because if that's the case then why would we have corrupt government why would we have all this bullshit you gotta make it real man that's why they put us in 1990s man because if it was too far in the future it was just too easy too far in the past it was just too surreal there's that nice finite point did you say the 90s yes you realize it's 2022 right no we in the 90s <laughs> huh? everything comes back <laughs> Look, everyone's walking around with trip shorts and shit now. <laughs> yeah, it's coming back. There's a lot of shit coming back. <laughs> music, music, yeah. Yeah, especially music, especially. So number three, our consciousness is unreal. Oh, the simulation hypothesis is also related to this idea. So avoid saying, "quote There are two theories on the same hypothesis," because these are two separate theories. Yes. Theo Musk believes that the odds of us actually living in the true world are one billion to one. It is completely believable. This side, though, is substantially darker. As your consciousness is merely programming, we lack our own free will, predestined. We appear to be operating according to a code. They are free to run or, or, or remove your code whenever they want. They might have entered your code the last time you closed your eyes, while you slept last night. Uh, all of your memories were implanted in you. Even though it has only been a few hours, you suddenly believe you have been this person for years. Oh, shit. They can also alter or remove your code the next time you go to bed. Depending on what they need, they could simply remove you from the simulation or completely change who you are. So, I'm not a big fan of this one. Well, not. It's kind of the same with the other one, but I mean, uh, yeah. I, I don't wish this one was true. I wish I could wake up tomorrow rich. <laughs> rich, bitch! <laughs> so, in this case, a fictitious universe is made up and characters are formed with certain duties allocated to them. We all contribute to some larger narratives, okay? And not as insignificant as the other uh, philosophy here. By simply adding new memories of a different location and possibly even time to the code, they can change the role of any person according to their needs. Everything you believe yourself to be is merely an illusion. Therefore, what we say earlier, all that we are is a collection of zeros and ones, and we carry out our pre-programmed actions. 
I don't like that. See, that's again, it goes with that whole same, the last one. Yeah. I'm not a big, not a big fan of that one. No. No, I don't no. like that. No, you don't want the fuck I don't, I don't like that. I think, I think we're better than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's not giving people enough credit. Maybe we are uh, in a prison simulation, and this is our prison. This is our, uh, our life sentence. My own prison. All right. Hey, <laughs> my name's Creed. Sing like this. Anyway, humans. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is uh, number two. Death is an illusion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so humans are the only animals on Earth with understanding of time in contrast to all the other animals, right? They don't carry watches and they don't worry about what time it is and shit yeah. like that. We are aware that time can only advance in units of days, months, or years because of what we've been taught. Mm. But it is really, uh, but is it really this time of day? Okay, the concept of time that we have today was developed by us, by humans, oh. as far as we know. Anything we believe about time could be completely fucking wrong. And the more we talk about the universe and stuff like that, it sounds like it very well could be. Yeah. We think that time allows flows like a, uh, or always flows like a river's stream. You know what I mean? Like it's just constantly going. It is not required for the universe to function in the same manner that we perceive time to function. Along with the present, the past, and the future also exist in cosmos. But we are not able to view them, right? We can't see them, even though technically we are seeing light from 9 billion years ago. True. You know what I mean? We are literally seeing, like, like... There is, it's very possible that a, I forget what the percentage was. I think it was like 25% of all the stars we see are already dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but we're seeing that because it takes so long for the speed of light and yada, yada, yada. But right. we put that speed of light on there because that's what we did. We came up with a formula and we said, this is what time is and this is how speed works and this is how time is. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Brain's going to fucking fall out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You really don't want to think too hard about it. Nope. Because, yeah, you're, you're going to have a coronary. So, along with the present, again, like it's all there, right? Imagine that consciousness is the projecting light that causes us to see the film and that reality is a film strip. Oh, fucking weird. We are unable to notice the light unless a frame is placed in front of it. Its presence, however, cannot be disputed, right? It's there. We know it's there. Yeah. But then you put something up there and then there it is. The same principles govern time and reality. The past and future are not visible to us, but they coexist with the present. Three-dimensional space-time surrounds us and binds us. So how does this relate to death? Well, you don't actually die. Death is just a fantasy because you are unable to exist in frames where you are dead. You must always exist in frames where you are living. Mm. Just that other people think you are dead because this does not hinder their existence. That's fucking wild. And I love it. I love that one. Yeah, that was a good one. That's pretty cool. And number one, and this is... (laughs) Anything is possible. Yeah. (laughs) Truthfully, there is... Anything is possible. Now, there may may be a lot of improbable things, but anything is possible. So, about what happens after death, we can't... We don't know. We have no fucking idea. No idea. The many worlds interpretation hypothesis um, postulates... That fucking word. Yeah, that's a good word. Just makes me think of polyps in your butt. I know. That there are an almost unlimited number of realities, okay? There are countless parallel universes, each containing every conceivable concept. There is a universe where you are a billionaire. That's right. You listener right now are a billionaire. That uh, Hillary won won the election. That piss you off? (laughs) Or am I going to get shot? I mean, I mean, hang myself. 
And I'm actually reading this, you know, this... Logan's reading this right now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Therefore, in some universes, anything is conceivable after death. Reincarnation occurs in some universes, or heaven and hell exist in some as well. In some universes, after we pass away, we become zombies. Oh, shit. Right. Whereas in others, we just fucking pass away. We are Mm. gone. In some alternate universe, all of the aforementioned theories are plausible. We simply don't know what universe we reside in. Or perhaps it hasn't been determined yet. See, the predetermined thing, right? (laughs) You might pass away in the cosmos or theory, you know, whatever, that you actually believe in. According to the uh, solipsism, (laughs) got it again, that theory, your universe will come to an end when you die. Because that's anything's possible, right? Anything can happen. So think about that. Come with me. And you'll see a world of my imagination. But I mean, okay. So where where do you where do you stand on all this? I just sing it. It's just that one. Yeah. You you want to be Willy Wonka? I That's do. What it is? I want to eat just candy all day long and just go crazy. Hmm. <laughs> just kidding. Um. Uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I I really want to hope that one of these is true. And by one of these, I mean everyone except the fact that you know you just die. I don't want to be a fart in the wind. Yeah, but I mean, it's very possible. I mean, I could be Gone with the Wind. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah, actually, I have. What? Yeah. You've seen Gone with the Wind? Yeah. All right, well, all right. You're making you're making some moves up there. Hey, buddy. thanks, man. Yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. watch it when I was in English class because we had to do a philosophy thing on that. It was great. Did you know that when he says at the very end of the movie where he says, frankly, my dear Scarlett, I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. It's the first time a swear word was allowed in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to be talking about the top 10 movies according to Ranker.com. Thank you, Ranker.com, for being there for us and your movies. We're going to be talking about the top 10 movies about death. Oh, God. But what I love, again, about Ranker is they show you the other um, uh, list they're on. Right, right, right. Okay. Right. So number 10 is Ordinary People. Oh. With uh, Donald Donald Sutherland, Timothy Hutton, and Mary Tyler Moore. Oh. Weird. <laughs> uh, actually directed by Robert Redford from 1980. Uh, do you know who Donald Sutherland is? No, but I know Mary Tyler Moore is in a song. You don't know who Mary Tyler Moore is? No. Isn't she... Uh... She had her own TV show back in the mid-70s, I think. Uh, that's and Donald Sutherland time. is actually Kiefer Sutherland's father. He's been, you know who, Ke- you don't know who Kiefer Sutherland's son of a I, I don't know names, man. <laughs> ah! I told you, you're lucky I even know your name. All right, <laughs> like, moving on. <laughs> Tormented by guilt following the death of his older brother, Buck, in a sailing accident, alienated teenager Conrad Jarrett, which is Timothy Hutton apparently in this movie, uh, attempts suicide. Okay. Returning home following an extended uh, uh, stay in a psychiatric hospital, Conrad tries to deal with his mental anguish and also reconnect with his mother, who is Mary Tyler Moore, who has grown cold and angry, and his emotionally wounded father, Donald Sutherland, with the help of his psychiatrist, Dr. Berger, who is Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. You have no idea who that is, do either of you? Judd Hirsch? He, Judd Hirsch. Mm. He was actually in a show called Taxi back in the day. And he was the dad of Jeff Goldblum in your Will Smith alien movie. 
Independence Day. Oh, that guy? Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Oh, okay. Wow, that's hard to do. <laughs> and I like this. I like doing the connecting thing with you. That's good. I, I got you. I'll figure it out for that's you. That's crazy. I didn't realize that that was yeah. uh, Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Okay. So that is uh, number 64 uh, on, uh, of 94 of the very best Oscar-winning movies for Best Picture, and also number 26 of 121 of the best movies of 1980. Mm. So there you go. All right, number nine, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Uh, I forgot. I fucking forgot about this one. Yeah? How could I forget about that? Oh, well. I'm a turd. You're old. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the stages of life are told through multiple sketches and songs by British comedy troupe. Of course, Monty Python. We, we know who they are. Yeah. The seven parts of life cover birth, growing up, war, middle age, organ transplants, uh, old age, and, of course, death. Not all stages are singular. Part one, the miracle of birth, is from the perspective of an ignored woman in labor and of a Roman Catholic couple with too many children. And part seven, death encompasses a funeral and heaven added are three unrelated skits uh placed in the beginning middle and end so yeah, it's uh, they're all great yeah so number 41 of holy shit of 887 of the best cult classic movies of all time Man, that's pretty high that's awesome yeah number 79 of 305 of the funniest 80s movies and number 123 of 1123 so there's a thousand movies below the asses damn of the absolute funniest movies of all time damn pretty awesome that's pretty epic yeah uh number eight we actually discussed this in the episode uh meet joe black that is with your boy uh you know uh brad pitt mm. i don't really have a brad pitt brad pitt doesn't really have a, an, a, a personification he's just brad pitt he's just average joe um let me see tell me who i am fuck i should never married angelina jolie <laughs> Who am I? Thank you. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, of course, this is me, Joe Black, and we talked about it. He comes back. Basically, it's the Grim Reaper wanting to take some time off and see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. So, number 271 of 321 of movies with the best soundtracks. Number 49 of 51 of romantic movies your girlfriend forces you to watch. Oh, damn. Number 110 of 277 of the top tearjerker movies that make men cry. I did not cry when I watched that. Sorry about your luck. Aww. It's a good movie, though. It's yeah. cool. It's not like Benjamin Button's. Never seen that. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't want really to care. I yeah. Basically, he like starts off old. Yeah, I know. And he goes backwards. The theory behind yeah. the Benjamin because it's, it's called cool. Benjamin Button's disease. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Number seven, Flatliners. That's right. The original, not that piece of shit remake. Have you seen the remake? Yes. It's not that good. No. No. With uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, and a ton more people. Obviously, this is from 1990. It was directed by Joel Schumacher. Um, we've talked about this numerous times. Yeah. Seeking answers about the afterlife, Chicago medical student Nelson persuades the uh, the fellow pupils to help him end his own life and then resuscitate him in the nick of time. Atheist David, uh, David, David, Playboy Joe, and troubled Rachel also journey into the unknown, looking for meaning in their own lives. As the experiment becomes more um, perilous, each is forced and contend with the paranormal consequences of trespassing on the other side. They start getting shit, and it gets real weird. Because, like, you died, and all of a sudden, it's like something came back with you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Super cool. Oh, yeah. shit. Number seven of the best horror movies about evil experiments. Okay. Wait a minute. What's number one on that list? Hold on. I got to see uh, this. The, 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 what is it? The, 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 the fly, right? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. If, do you think that's what it is? I think that's number one, yeah. It's the fly. Number one? The Fly! Hey! What? Yeah, it's like a fucking amazing movie. <laughs> Wait, just the fact that you pulled that out. Holy shit. I, I, Good for you. I'm smart every once in a while. 
Number four of 42 of the best horror movies about evil doctors and surgeons. One, uh, number 190 of 496 of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. And it is pretty amazing. You guys know this one. Y'all. Um, number six, The Lovely Bones. Oh. From 2009 with Mark Wahlberg. Wait, Maki Mark? DJ Maki Mark. Maki Mark, I'm in this? I didn't know this. I'm in this, I'm in this movie as well. I'm going to do this. With Rachel Wise, Susan Sarandon. I've never even heard of this. <laughs> I've heard of The Lovely Bones. I think that's off a book. Uh, like well, a series. Well, let me tell you. It's uh, directed by Peter Jackson. Oh, nice. That's the guy who fucked up the <laughs> fucking movies that I like. After being brutally murdered, 14-year-old Susie Salmon watches from heaven over her grief-stricken family and her killer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. As she observes their daily lives, she must balance her, balance her thirst for revenge with her desire for her family to heal. So she's dead and she's like watching over him. And the guy that died, mm. or the guy that killed her, mm. it's kind of fucked up. I might have to watch that, to be honest. I mean, it's got Mikey Mark in it. I mean, it's got Mikey Mark the entire time. He's like, all I want to do, I just want to, I want to help her out. It's my daughter. <laughs> Number one fifty-six of three eighty-eight of the best movies based on books. Number seventeen of one eighty-one of the most utterly depressing movies ever made. <laughs> oh. Number eight of uh, twenty-nine of powerful movies about sick and dying children. Yikes! Don't like that list but i do want to see the most depressing movies ever made what is <laughs> yeah, do what do we think number one is on this um oh man probably. i think we've talked about this one before because oh yeah number three on this list is the green mile okay you never seen it have no you? god i don't like sad movies uh, fuck off number two the boy in the striped pajamas and number one schindler's list yeah Yikes. i never seen schindler's list mm. not that good no, it's good. Oh. But like in a bad way. Oh. It's super bad. It's about the Holocaust. It's yeah. Ah. Yeah. Real, real, real. So is the boy in the striped pajamas. It's got uh, Liam Neeson, I believe, is in it. Oh. I, I think that's yeah, I think so, yeah. Are these tricks explicitly <laughs> for kids? I will find you. And I will kill you. Number five, love this movie so much. Mm. Mm. What dreams may come, Robin Williams. And your boy Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba Gooden Jr. So, let's see here. If you guys don't know about this movie, first of all, you suck. Um, after Chris Nielsen dies in a car accident, he is guided through the afterlife by his spirit guide, Albert, who is Cuba Gooding. His new world is beautiful and can be whatever Chris imagines. Remember, we were talking about before about dreams and whatever. Even his children are there, but when his wife, Annie, commits suicide and is sent to hell, Chris ignores Albert's warnings and journeys there to save her. Oh, shit. Upon arrival, Chris finds that rescuing Annie will be more difficult than you imagine. It's a beautifully done movie. Like the cinematography, and oh my God, it's gorgeous. Mm. Gore, gorgeous, darling. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Number 152, 271 of the best movies for women. Uh, I don't appreciate that list. <laughs> Number 384 of 552 of the greatest epic movies ever made. Oh, I gotta see what that is. And number four of 38 of great movies about the death of a spouse. Oh, I have great movies about the death. I don't even like the way that's worded. Yeah, it's fucked up. Number one of the greatest epic movies ever made. Oh, oh. All right, we're going to start with number three. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Number three? Yeah. Top three. Uh, Obviously, Hudson Hawk. Huh? Hudson Hawk. I wish. (laughs) Hudson Hawk's so good. No. No. Uh, Number three, probably some fucking sappy shit, like fucking Titanic or some bullshit. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) Number two? Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring? Nope. It's Return of the King. Number one is the... the, ah! Number one... What is it? It's the Fellowship of the Ring? No, it's Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost. You're a fucked heart. How did number one not make that list? I don't know. It's probably number four. Hold on, let me look. Oh, look. No, Shawshank's number four. Then The Godfather. 
Number one. Then the, then the oh fellowship my of the God. ring. That is that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that made my whole night. That, that made my entire night. <laughs> Number four, the seventh seal. Uh, I, I oh, that's um, that's with Johnny Depp, isn't it? Uh, no. It's, uh, I believe this is the movie we were actually talking about in the episode because Max von Sydow, 1957, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. directed by Ingmar Bergman. We talked about this is where they're playing chess with each other. I thought it was the one. With the one. Who was the one that I was thinking about? Johnny I don't Depp. know. Number three, <laughs> Beetlejuice, baby. Oh, yes. I, and, hold on. You get that. I love this damn movie. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Okay, so first of all, I'm not going to even read the synopsis of it because you don't know what Beetlejuice is, and you should take your hand and smack yourself in the face as hard as possible. In fact, take whoever's sitting next to you and take their hand and smack yourself directly on the other side of your face with their hand. All while saying, it's showtime. Right. That's right. And then just look at him and go, we've come for your daughter, Chuck. Oh, yeah, baby. Come on. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Number 18, 18 of 512 of the greatest movies of the 80s. Damn. Number 5 of 933 of the all-time greatest comedy films. Damn. Uh, number 1 is definitely Tropic Thunder. Of, of the all-time greatest comedy film. Do you want to look? Fuck yeah, we, dude. We can look. We can look. <laughs> I know it's going a little bit longer, but whatever. <gasps> oh, of course it is. Um, Number 3. Okay. My Cousin Vinny. Got Joe Pesci in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really have a good Joe Pesci. <laughs> I gotta work on it. I don't feel like it's higher. <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe it's what the fuck you mean? Well, I mean, all we gotta do is here. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. There you go. That's all we know is how it Now go. I gotta work on it. Anyway, number two, Uncle Buck, which is great. John Candy, Uncle Buck. What? <gasps> Where the uncle comes in and it's just a bunch of bullshit that happens. It's mm -mm. amazing. Mm -mm. It's amazing. But number one on this list for all time greatest comedy films. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You far flushed no life snake, nigga, dirty, the imprint, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking dog, kissing his brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed snake, dick, dirt, dick, nimming, sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. And holy shit. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> what? I fucking love that movie. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. You guys heard that, right? Like Logan actually got the entire thing. And by the way, you guys should be drunk as shit because <laughs> we've been doing so a lot of movie references. I know today. I'm not up here anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, number two, the bucket list. Uh, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. Obviously, it, yeah, it's a good movie. It is. It's a good movie. I yeah, thought it was cool. It's a good movie. I like their chemistry together. Yeah. It was really cool. It's actually uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Really? Yeah. Do you know who Rob Reiner is? No, but I didn't think so. Near. Yeah. Well, he's a director. Obviously, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> he's done. A ton of movies, like big, big, big movies, like um, shit. Oh my god, he's done. I mean, if you look it up, he's done like uh, a bunch of Tom Hanks stuff, like the uh, You Got Mail and uh, the When Harry Met Sally and all those and stuff. But funny thing about Rob Reiner, if you guys did not know this, he was actually uh, Meathead, who was the um, the son-in-law in All All in the Family, the 1970s show mm. back in the day, where it actually had the white guy Archie Bunker. Oh. Wow! Archie Bunker was super racist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. never get away with it now. Nope. But yeah, Rob, Rob Reiner actually started in that. No kidding. Yeah. Interesting. And now you know. All right. And number one. Uh-oh. I need a drum roll. <gasps> it's The Sixth Sense. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Never seen it, but it's a good one. Motherfucker. Have you not seen that one either? No, I haven't seen it. <sighs> it's pretty good. Wait. Hold on. It's really good when you don't know what happens. That's the one that Bruce Willis <laughs> is a ghost or whatever. Aww. You told everybody. I've never seen the movie. How am I supposed to know that? It's from 1999. Fuck you. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, this is uh, basically, you know, 
Young Cole Seer, Haley Joe Osmond, is haunted by a dark secret. He is visited by ghosts. I see white people. <laughs> Cole is frightened by visitations from those who, uh, with unresolved problems, basically ghosts, who appear from the shadows. He is too afraid to tell anyone about the anguish except child psychologist Dr. Malcolm Crow, a.k.a. Bruce Willis. As Dr. Crow tries to uncover the truth about Cole's supernatural abilities, because he can see fucking ghosts and talk to him, Ooh. the consequences for client and therapist are a jolt that awakens them both to something unexplainable. He's dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a great movie, especially because I didn't know. When I went to go see the movie, I had no idea. I don't... I. I literally avoid any kind of spoilers for things I actually want to see. Same. I try to. And sorry if you guys listen to this show and you're like, fuck. It's <laughs> on my bucket list. I won't I won't ever do it for like newer movies, okay? Seriously. Yeah. But like for... older movies that have been around forever, like that's your that's on you right. at that point. That's your fault. For sure. So uh list for this one is number twelve of fifty of the fifty highest grossing nineties movies ranked. What what do you think the number one highest grossing um movie of the nineties is? Of the nineties? Yeah. Um hold on, I got this. Uh holy shit. Uh Jurassic Park. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Take a guess. Uh two hundred and seventy eight million dollars. Nine hundred and fourteen million dollars. Jesus fucking Mary and Joseph. It made almost a billion dollars, dude. Nineties. Oh boy. And that's why they keep fucking putting them out mm-hmm. wow everybody loved that what, what do you think number two is of the 90s uh highest rated or number did yeah it was movies at, it was at highest out, grossing it was at, out at the same time as jurassic park i know that um like they were both in theaters together i swear fuck what is it well that's not it but it's the lion king no shit. No, no, I just can't wait to be king and make all that money, motherfucker. Box office, $783 million, almost 784 And Tamun and Pumbaa is what made that movie, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. 100%. For sure. And Rafiki. Yeah. Uh, number three from the 90s, Home Alone at almost $500 million. Damn. Number four. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This can't be right. Hold on. I'm, I'm obviously reading this incorrectly here oh they're so these are rated but they're not the most so that's not the most these are those those are these are the most highest grossing but then people rated the movies oh so the number one if i'm not mistaken here is fucking titanic as the highest grossing film of all time of nine of the 90s of the 90s. If at least it might yeah didn't something beat it recently yeah something, uh, it was a marvel movie wasn't it yeah uh infinity war was that what it was? Yeah. But it, hold on, let me go back to it. Um, $1,843,201,268. I wish you guys could see my eyes roll. <laughs> and you've never seen that either, have you? No, I'm not going to watch a three-hour fucking it's sad good. movie. It's good. It's all right. Yeah. Freaking Terminator 2 did 519. Good. Uh, Independence Day did 817 million. Fuck yeah, it did. Saving Ryan's Privates did a uh, 481 million. Me. Forrest Gump did 600, uh, 677 million. Janae, I made a lot of money. <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> I don't have any of it because they fucked me, but. <laughs> That's a good impersonation. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's see. The Sixth Sense. Yeah, we were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Men in Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Doubtfire. Of course. Pretty Woman. Oh, good movie. Toy Story. 
The Fugitive. Nice. Got another good the movie. Mummy. The Fugitive. Fugitive. That's the one with uh, the dude from Men in Black in. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. And Han Solo. Snipes. No. What? The, wait. No. The Fugitive. That's the, the Marshall I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. The Fugitive was uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Jesus, we're going through all these damn movies. And I just, like we, movies. We're going on a freaking a little. Little journey with all that. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, a little weird. Hopefully, it made you think. You know, like that last if, part definitely. Fucked if you me. don't think about death or dying or whatever, then are you really human? Are you really living if you yeah. don't think about death? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind like of- don't let it overwhelm your life. You know what I mean? Because it, it's inevitable. Do everything you can to avoid those things, but in the same sense, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Don't sit there and. Do something you hate right. because you feel like it's going to extend your life. Because what kind of life is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're in prison. If you're listening to this in prison, guess what? <laughs> ah, don't pick up the soap. Anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think they can listen to podcasts. Here. They might. They actually can. They, can they? Yeah. Oh, fuck. As long as they're not in the uh, maximum, like uh, an ultra security clearance. Wait. So they can literally be... Mm-hmm. Oh my dear God! Please listen. If we don't have any um, 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 locked up folk, yeah, listeners in jail or prison, or if we do, <laughs> no, 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 no. If we don't, mm-hmm. it's your job, passengers, to get us those. Somebody has to know somebody, yeah. right? Be a pen pal. Yeah, yeah. I'll be a. Pen, we'll be a pen pal with somebody. I would love to be as long as you didn't do something fucking like fucked up, man. Like Nine seriously, out of ten, most of those guys. Do. Yeah, yeah. If you're like you diddling kids or or raping no. and shit like that, you're you're fuck fuck yourself. But rhyming and stealing, you know, fuck fuck your life. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you did, I don't know, if you did something stupid and you're like, ah, fuck, man, I fucked up. I I got caught. You know, I was selling drugs or or I fucking stabbed somebody in the heat of fucking the moment or whatever or you know whatever whatever the case may be. A I want to know. A lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of lifers are the ones that have. The those uh, privileges. Listening to podcasts. Oh, well, then they definitely want to talk to us. Yeah. Unless you're, dude, don't be no pedo because I'm I, I'm not talking to you. That's, we don't like no chomo. That's right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So listen, I, we hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. I was really excited about this episode and it turned out way cooler than I thought it would be. Great job for you. If you think this is a good episode, wait until you come back for the brain part one. Oh, boy. That's part gonna two be... is going to be sucky because every sequel sucks, but part one is going to be amazing. Terminator 2 was awesome. As, as. Don't tell me you've never seen Terminator 2. Yeah, I've seen Terminator 2. Okay. Yeah, I've seen you, all were the giving, you were giving well, that fucking look. I've seen Terminator 1 once. I've seen Terminator 2 a few times, and I've seen Terminator 3 I, probably more times than I have birthdays because it's my favorite one. Okay. But then, so was, um, let's see, Shrek. Shrek 2 was good. Yeah, well, Shrek 2 was good. Fucking I need a hero. Right. Um, Empire. Empire was great. What? Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've never yeah, seen it, have you? Star Wars? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, I have. I've seen every Star Wars movie more times than I've talked to you. Okay. Okay. I'm proud. Yeah. So anyway, final thoughts before we get out of here. Long ass episode. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, the longer they are, the better they are. I, I want to know what you, if you're still with us, what you think. Like, what do you think? Especially after talking what we're talking about here. You're like, yeah, yeah. Grim Reaper. And, of course, we translate it over into, like, death and what certain beliefs are with death and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? Do you think that any of those make sense? Do you think something else? Are you religious? Do you Are you like my grandmother who full-heartedly believes I'm going to a greater place? If you are, I want to know. Yeah. I, I want to know. And right. if you have uh, spare tickets for a couple other people. <laughs> yeah. Is that train going, like, the room? Right. Is the like, room, the room for the rest of us? How much it costs? Bump me up to first class. 
So listen, in the meantime, make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. And over there, you can get yourself some really sweet, super sweet, super sweet merchandise at our store. Make sure you just go up there and click on the store or shop or whatever the hell it's called now. I don't even know. I change it all the damn time. Uh, Buy now. Yeah. But there's so many cool shirts up there. Like recently, we just did the chill Chill. shirt with our, uh, that, I was going to say our boy, but I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, doing that. He said that the last time. I yeah. was like, eh. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Richard Kuklinski, a.k.a. the Iceman. We have a shirt up there with him. We also have the Duke of Fingerbum shirt. Yeah. Uh, the Don't Be a DeSalvo shirt. Huh? Uh, the Jersey Raccoon shirt. I mean, so much cool shit. Get oh, over gosh. there and get you some swag. Do it. Right? Do it. And also make sure you um, get yourself some soap. Oh, guess what I got in today? Oh shit! You got that? You got that good? Good? I got the new Star Wars one, oh. but I'm not gonna use it. Just like this one. Well, what's in the new Star Wars one? I'm collecting. It's totally different than this one. Is it? Yeah, it's four new, four new fragrances. Oh. And if you want to get some of that cool shit, like fuck that, yeah, I want to smell like a Wookie. Get twenty percent off your first subscription. Just going over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com. Mm. Click on sponsors. Hit that banner and. Get yourself the code and get yourself some best damn soap. Oh yeah, that's it. Because mm. I loved, I love Doctor Squatch. Y'all, except the only thing I don't like about Doctor Squatch, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this right now. Oh shit, is that my best friend Bill doesn't like it. Man, well, because his balls itch, right? It made his balls itch. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta scrub harder. Yeah, go play with yourself. You know. Hey, Bill, we're talking about your balls right now. I know. How's I'm that feel? On the air. Yeah. You like the apples on the show? You like, like them apples? That means people in. All kinds of countries are now hearing about your balls. And how they itch. That's what you get for not liking Dr. Squatch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's amazing having that power, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Oh. I feel a little... Yeah, I'm getting tingly right now. Well, do your balls itch too? <laughs> <laughs> ah. So listen, if you like what you heard from us, and God, we hope you did, <laughs> consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button, or go over to the Patreon, the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash accidental dads. And uh, yeah, you can sign up for just five bucks a month. Actually, you can sign up for a buck a month. Do it. Okay, you can literally throw us a dollar a month, and it just because you're like, fuck it. Here's a buck. Yeah. Now you don't get the bonuses for that, but you just love but, us. but you you know if you want to help out or whatever you can totally do that because yeah. you know we're trying to get uh, Logan a, a new surgery. Yes, I need, I need it, man. You need more beer. Yeah. <laughs> I need a bigger gullet for more beer. No, but we're actually going to be uh, setting up a new studio coming up. I'm very excited to announce that. So excited. Yeah. So that'd be cool, and uh, you guys are going to be helping out with that. So thank you for. Doing that, we're going to sound better. We're going to look better. Yes, oh, is that finally. A, is that a wink, wink there? That's a wink as in what? Hopefully, we'll get our fucking video game going here. Yes. 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 I, that, that, I don't mean like we're getting a video game. I want a video game. Dude, we should totally do it. The Midnight Train video game. I mean, yeah, that'd be badass. I had fucking like, you know, Bigfoot chasing us the whole fucking time while we're on a train. Going. Somebody has to make that happen. Choo, choo, motherfucker. <laughs> Somebody please make that happen. Mm. Anyway. You can get all kinds of cool stuff uh, as well when you become a Patreon member, um, like uh, custom shirts, custom yeah. posters, stickers, plethora of bonus stuff. And if you hit that $10 mark, I got something really cool that is going out specifically for you. It's a perk just for you, and there's going to be so much more for anybody else that's doing that. And it just shows our appreciation because you guys are just – it's unreal. It's and, so good. And you guys, uh, yeah, you, you deserve it. And we want you to know how much you mean to us yeah. for doing what you do. We love to kiss you, but, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of hard to do that through the uh, microphone. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
How was that? <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> uh, so, listen, again, if you're a, a diehard Midnight Train fan or if you just want to help out, our Patreon's for you. Just get on over there and do that. And, again, you don't have to. And we especially, you know, I know that times are tougher. a lot of people. Yeah. Please don't feel bad at all. And I know that some people have had to, you know, stop their Patreon or whatever. And I hope you still listen because that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Okay. Literally, that's all that matters. I just want you guys to be here because we're here. You're, you're family to us. And if you got to take a break, take a break. Do what yeah. you got to do. You know what I mean? Handle your business. But we right? always be here for you. That's right. We ain't going nowhere. Yeah, hell no, we ain't. We're going to be here for probably way too long, to be honest with you. Probably. <laughs> so anyway, do us a favor, though. If you can, share the train with everyone. We've been seeing some... I've been seeing some charts. What was the one that I mentioned yesterday oh man what i don't even know and it was it, like it, the, the, the the with a lot of words in it uh hold on hold on hold on i'm gonna look this up real fast it's the end of the damn show nobody's listening anyway <laughs> except for all the good people okay if anybody out there yeah lives in the republic of trinidad and tobago okay mm. we have just hit their charts and i don't know where that is <laughs> so i would love to know where talk to us yeah tell us where where you're at what are you doing because uh, we're also on uh nigeria no oh, nice which nice. is awesome yeah. that's probably because of creepy uganda yeah oh. um we're back up on the charts in australia hey australia you aussie bastards i'm so excited and uh back up on the charts with uh great britain as well nice canada you guys are doing awesome south korea thank you so much for you you and everything you do and u.s listen you guys got to step it the fuck up, man. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. When we're, like, South Korea is, I mean, they're kind of killing it right now. Mm. Like, for real. They love us. Yeah. Uh, I'm Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're doing great yeah. over there. I just have to just move over there. I mean, since, you know, the no, U.S. doesn't No, really no, no. Oh, yeah. In Australia? You don't do want to go there? We're 99% of everything wants to kill you? Correct. Everything? I'll make a deal. Okay. How about this, Australia? You get us to number one. Mm. Okay, number one in Australia, mm-hmm. and um, maybe we'll come visit. By 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 we he means me. He's gonna set my ass out there. <laughs> maybe Logan will come visit, <laughs> and with a picture of me. Yes, this is my dad. He doesn't long like, ass flight, man. Yeah, it's it a, is long a long flight. Long I would. Lo- flight. Seriously, I know I talk a, a lot of shit or whatever, but uh, you know, because lit- you guys know, you you know, mm. that's why we're on your charts right now, because you guys know that everything fucking there is trying to kill you. Yeah. So you, know? you have to listen to us to make your lives a little better. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, speaking of which, oh, I've actually got something quite awesome. I want to play. For you. Ooh. All right, it's loading up right now. We actually got uh, from one of our Australian listeners, uh, Mr. Chris. Oh. And, well, let's say Chris. I don't want to throw his whole, put his whole shit out there. Mm-hmm. But he's an Australian listener, and uh, he sent something over to us. And uh, basically, and it was pretty uh, short message. It just says, uh, good day again, fellas. So my little man is about to hit eight months old. It's 9.20 p.m., and he's currently in his cot. Hmm. Thoughts? And then he sent a uh, an audio message, and this is what it was.
Okay, the music in the background. Yeah, I don't that know makes if that's it even a, worse. I don't know if that's like a like a mobile or mobile or whatever yeah. they're called. I don't know if that's um, what it is or what. But holy shit. There's demons in that baby. <laughs> There's something going on with that little one. That baby needs to be exercised. Either A, yeah, take him to a, uh, a church or something and have him exercise. Or just get that child ready to become like the greatest metal singer of all time. <laughs> That the, one of those two things. That's what you have to do with that little baby. That is insane. That he is the si- face of baby metal. Now. Yeah, he sent that over, and my only response was was Hol- Holy Rosemary's Baby Batman. <laughs> <laughs> like I heard that, I was like, and th- but th- to me, okay, the creepy part is the music, right? Hundred percent. But then all of a sudden, when the baby gets like super happy, he starts giggling. That whole thing, I'm like, oh, you demon child! <laughs> like, what is going on? I'm not talking shit about your kid, man. I'm just saying that's that's crazy. It is. It's absolutely crazy. That's hilarious. Oh my god! Could you imagine waking up to that in the middle of the night? No. Fuck. Nope. That. Nope. <laughs> and I feel bad for you, dude. Because <laughs> yeah, that's so, probably what happened. So not only is 99% of everything in uh, Australia trying to kill you, so is your child. <laughs> okay. While laughing. <laughs> La- exactly. Like like taking a big taking a piss on you. Oh man, that is insane. Crikey, man. I just had to had to had to say that. That's fucking and, crazy. Uh, so do me a favor real fast, though. Yeah? Um, you had a joke. Oh, God. <laughs> and then we'll go into... Uh, we'll get out of here quick. Okay. Did you guys know that five out of six scientists say that Russian roulette is safe? It's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. So listen, we want to thank you guys so much for listening, hanging out with us again, allowing us to tell the story of the Grim Reaper and... The whole ideas of death and what the hell happens. Yeah, that's you know, and we're gonna dive further crazy. in that because I definitely want to do a reincarnation episode. Reincarnation, like go deep into it and talk about the the people that believe they have and have actually possibly they, have gone. There's some it. there's some proof there. Mm-hmm. So we can't thank you all enough for the love and support. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, thank you to you fearless executive producer, Patreon pooper, beautiful. Motherfucking some bitch and god damn <laughs> to Tomislav Sobota, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Stacy Luconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunzelman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Jenny Gina, damn it. <sighs> I'm so sorry, Gina. Gina Madison, Janet Shirell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk. Justin, let me know about that whole Four Horsemen thing because I feel like I fucked it up. I got two. Uh, I know I got two. Uh, you got two for sure. I'm, I think it might have been. I don't remember. Anyway, mm. Rob Webb from the Fun Box. Get over there and check them out. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters of Skeleton Ooh. podcast. And uh, we, lo- we, lo- we love you guys over there. Yeah. 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 It's like Mike and Mike. That's me because that's where I'm from. I'm from that area. Actually, he's from Boston. It's totally different, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Maria Gibbs to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Kate T. Brabinick, and of course, the one with the itchy balls himself, Bill Birch. <laughs> that's oh, that's great. Spread the word. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for us to be forever grateful, become a Patreon producer because you guys are amazing. And hopefully you guys don't think we suck too bad because we try. We do our we do our thing. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We actually had a skit we had planned for this show, but 
time just did not allow us to yeah. do that. But we're going to get back into that. We're going to start doing some more of those funny little weird-ass things. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, moving into the new studio. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. We're going to actually be kind of like building it from the ground up, I guess you'd say. Oh. Well, it's a room in my house that we're turning into an actual studio, I guess. So we're, yeah. We're converting. We're walking in. Converting. We're walking in. We're walking into the room. And then fucking shit up. Yeah. 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 Anyway. (laughs) Stay safe out there, you beautiful sons of bitches. And uh, when I say that, I I mean it. Stay safe. You know what I mean? Always. Right. And, as always, choo-choo, motherfucker! Now go home and get your fucking shine box.